Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Appleby Bermuda Shorts podcast. Short talks on all things Bermuda and business. In this Tech Talk series, we are going to talk about, you guessed it, what's happening in the world of tech. I'm Jerome Wilson, head of Appleby's technology and innovation practice in Bermuda. Technology is transforming businesses, markets, and our everyday lives in ways we could not have previously imagined. Today, I'm joined by Carl Mayer. Hello, Carl. Hi, Jerome. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So for everyone listening, Carl is an associate in the team. And uh, today, we're here to talk about a very interesting and uh, sort of topical topic, if I can say. Can I say topical topic? I mean, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today, we're talking about uh, digital asset businesses and what it takes to to make an application now we're not because of practical reasons going to be able to talk about every integral thing to an application i think uh, that's a conversation that we would love to have with you separately but today what we want to do is to give you a sort of overview that is substantive if we if we were and to be able to uh, let you, the listener, know what are some of the hit points, what are some of the things that the regulator is going to focus on when considering an application. That's if you want to make an application in Bermuda, number one. And number two, that's if you actually need to be licensed in Bermuda. And so why don't we go and start with the top and the framework and the, sort of set the stage for, for our listeners today, Carl, why don't you start with what it is and what are the circumstances in which a enterprise, a person may need a license in Bermuda? Sure. Under the Digital Asset Business Act. Right. That that was that was going to be my <laughs> starting point. So, um in the in the previous podcast, you you were going over with Matt Ebbs Brewer why Bermuda, sometimes touching on why you'd want to be regulated in the first place. So, That's right. Once we've assumed you've got to that point, We'll be we'll be chatting about the the Digital Asset Business Act, which mm-hmm. is our primary piece of legislation governing this area, this sector in in Bermuda. It's very simple, really. There's an application form on the BMA's website. So maybe one step back. We're going to be referring to the Digital Asset Business Act as the DABA, just yep. to, to make it easier, and then the Bermuda Monetary Authority, who's the regulator. There's an application form. That's going to be your starting point once you've decided. I think I'm a digital asset business. I want to be regulated in Bermuda. Let me look at what these requirements are. And it's as simple as that. And that segues quite nicely into how licensing in in Bermuda in the sector is structured, which is in three different license types. Right. So if you go onto the website, you look at the application forms, you will see an application form for a T license, Mm-hmm. or an M license, and for an F license. That's right. And that's probably where the first set of confusion is going to start <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're looking at your application. Yeah. Um, so, again, as you said at the beginning, we probably aren't going to be diving too deeply into each one of these. Um, we probably could do one of those um, voiceovers that help people sleep. <laughs> and, we, and we could just, in a very monotonous way, run through all the different requirements. <laughs> But for the purposes of this slightly more high-level discussion, um, the idea of a T license, uh, the testing license, is that an applicant, once awarded the T license, will eventually graduate into an F or an M license. And the F being the full license, 
and the M being the modified license. Just if I can, if I may sort of give a, a high level overview. So T licenses for those who are testing proof of concept, you know, just getting out, but not as advanced as an M or F license. M license is a little bit more advanced. It's modified from an F license. And then an F license is a full license. Know what you're going to do. You have a fully fledged team and basically, you know, you don't need to graduate. And that's something that you mentioned. So you graduate from a T to an M, M to an F. That's really the life cycle that the, the Bermuda Monetary Authority is looking to implement depending on what stage of development the, the what stage of your life cycle you're in as an organization there is a starting point that is appropriate for you but before we go a little bit deeper into this Carl, i kind of wanted to rewind back just a little bit and start um just to touch on one thing and that is not every person that is going to be in bermuda is going to require a license depending on the, uh, the activities that they're carrying out is that's really the going to be the dictating point of whether or not they need to be licensed. Now, the DABA, as we um, have termed it, sort of sets out the framework within which a company or entity that is doing something in the sort of value chain, as it were, that's my little way of saying, you know, involved with digital assets, digital currencies, blockchain technology, anyone who's involved in that, if they're doing it from Bermuda, or if they're using a Bermuda company to do that activity, then they require a license. That's correct. And so, you know, that is something that, you know, the the absolute sort of overarching umbrella that covers everything that we talk about today is going to be pointed to people who are, A, in Bermuda doing these activities, whether or not with a Bermuda company or non-Bermuda company, and B, people who are doing these activities with a Bermuda company, whether or not they're in Bermuda. So it's a little bit of a sort of mind twister, if you were. But how you look at it is, if you're physically in Bermuda doing these activities, then you need to be licensed. If you're using a Bermuda company, but you're sitting anywhere else in the world, then you need to be licensed. Yeah, and, and I think that brings us into, into a nice conversation piece, which is maybe less less heavily focused on the legislation itself and more kind of what we're seeing in Bermuda at the moment. So we look at the definition of digital asset business and we have um, the issuing and redeeming selling of digital assets. Uh, We have running a digital asset exchange, a derivative exchange, a service provider, custodial wallet um, services Mm -hmm. provision. What are we we seeing in Bermuda? Are, Are we seeing custodians are we seeing service providers what's the kind of general and where do we sort of see the if we're reading the tea leaves what are we seeing at the moment um happening more and what's happening slightly less yeah so i think that's a good question so right now um the majority of companies licensed in bermuda uh, of which there are about 14 or 15 they tend to be trending towards exchanges and people who are involved in having a lot of people on their platforms who are doing something with those cryptocurrencies. So whether it's going to be simple sort of spot trading, whether it's going to be some form of leverage, whether it's going to be some sort of um, uh, lending program, whether it is going to be some sort of derivative spot trading, those are the main ones that we're seeing. To date, we have not seen any custodians. That's something that I think is in the works. We have not seen 
any sort of just pure exchange only. I was I was going to hone into your yeah. word pure yeah, because yeah. as soon as you say we don't have custodians, I mean we we definitely have, have companies that services. offer this custodian yeah, services. Yeah, not just exactly. the custodian service to the the. So when I say custodian services, meaning they are not custodian services to people who need custodian services. Exactly, they are on their platform and they use a third party service provider to provide service uh to provide those services whilst on their users through the Bermuda platform are able to. Act access and, and, and store their cryptocurrencies that way. So the use of the word pure there is to basically say solely or only. Yeah. There are no one who only does that sort of custodial services. But to answer your other question, where do we see things going? I think the market is starting to change. We're seeing people who are doing sort of non-traditional or non-exchange services. So payment services. We're seeing people who are uh, in, involved in moving crypto between uh, these services. So, you know, it's no secret that there is Circle that has a Bermuda operation. There's also no secret that, um, you know, there's Stable House, XBTO, Cross Tower. Yeah. The list is for, uh, for the public to see. So what we're seeing is that there are people who are moving uh, the the currencies between the platform of XBTO or uh, on a sort of a stable house platform or on a cross tower platform, they're moving the funds between them. So these are the sort of service providers to the people who are providing crypto services to the general public. That's what we're seeing. We're seeing some level of payment services, I think I already said. And so the future for crypto uh, and for blockchain technology and for regulation in Bermuda is beginning to expand its borders past those of the sort of exchange and the exchange services, I like to say. So exchange services for all you out there is basically like the leverage, like the, the lending, like the derivative services. That's going to continue to be the bread and butter, by the way. I don't think that's ever going to go away because, you know, there are a, a number of exchanges in the world. It's got to be over 100. And yeah, the number easy. of them that are registered in Bermuda and licensed in Bermuda is less than sort of 10% of that number, less than 5% of that number. So we think that that's going to continue to grow in Bermuda. But if I had to, that's what I would say. The the future is going to be looking at that, looking at the the traditional bread and butter and sort of supporting that with um, the enterprises that are um, going to be doing those other services that I mentioned. But I feel like we're getting a little bit off the topic here, which is, what does the application process look like? So once you've, once you've, as you said, determined that you need to be regulated because of the activities you're carrying out or because you're using a Bermuda company to carry out these activities, then, you know, there is an application process and that application, those applications are out there for the world. But then, you know, what actually goes into the application? Is it just a matter of filling out a form and, and sending it into the Bermuda Monetary Authority? Let's talk a little bit more about the actual process of, of an application. Sure. So, Jerome and I, as the lawyers on the uh, application side of the process, is we'd be looking at what we refer to as the prudential side of the application. And right. So, at Appleby, there's the, the regulatory and, and the AML slash ATF um, side of the application too. We haven't really touched on that, but it's a really important part of the, the application process. So That's right. AML slash ATF, if you aren't familiar with the terms, are anti-money laundering and anti-terrorist financing regulations, which, yeah, like I said, is a very important part of the application process too. 
That is part of the application process, which is also serviced by Applebee, but a team outside of Jerome and I. So um, when we refer to the prudential side of the application, we are referring to everything other than AML slash ATF, basically. So where we would initially get involved is by looking at the business plan. So the first part of the application process will be drafting a business plan and Jerome and I will be We'll be reviewing that and, and giving comments based on what, in our experience, the BMA is likely to hone in on and where they'd like to see more information. So just as a broad overview of what we'd like to see in the in the business plan itself is initially the, the structure and the ownership of the applicant. We'd like to see who owns the entity that you are proposing to establish in, in Bermuda or which you're um, proposing to have licensed in Bermuda who those ultimate beneficiaries are. Then, very importantly, you need to explain in your business plan why you've chosen Bermuda, what the commercial benefit is to you, why you've chosen Bermuda, and then to set out in as much detail as possible exactly what your business is, what you do, how you do it, and and really, really hone in in that part of the, the business plan because yeah. that's where the majority of the, the BMA's follow-up questions are likely to come from. Yeah, that's what their focus is going to be. So you said it absolutely correct. So each business or each application is supported by a business plan, which gives the applicant the opportunity to sort of talk about what their um, what their reason for choosing Bermuda is. And as Carl said, the reason why they are choosing Bermuda and to set out what it is that they're doing. And in setting out what it is that they're doing, it's really going to say, you know, if we are an exchange, if we're a custodial services provider, if we're this, if we're that, this is the opportunity for you to explain that, to say how you will do it, to talk about your unique approach to it, why you think it would be, you know, good to be in Bermuda. And and it's essentially just a business plan which allows the the regulator to get to know you without speaking to you. It allows them to understand your business and it does go into granular detail at times. So if you make reference to a third party provider that is going to be there to help you, whether that is an in-group third party provider or a external arm's length third party provider, then they're going to want to see and know about that relationship, ask questions about that relationship. Is it documented by any legal formal arrangements and so forth? And so the business plan is the linchpin of any application because it is what is the application form is attached to it. Basically the AML ATF policies are attached to it. And then basically every other policy, every other regulation, every other sort of, piece of paper as it were that is going to govern the Bermuda company and that's and we need to be specific we're talking about the Bermuda company here not the US not the Canadian not the European arm of your business but the things that are specific to Bermuda and this is this is a this is a good opportunity just to talk about that a little bit and again we don't want to get into too much detail because a lot of this conversation is best had with enterprise once they are determining or when they are determining whether or not they want to get a license in bermuda but the license application is actually quite straightforward i would say make a business plan you set out all your your policies and procedures 
you complete the application form and you set out what your AML ATF policy is going to be. All that stuff is pretty prescriptive. What takes the time in putting together an application is putting on paper the things that an organization is usually doing already. Most organizations, most companies will have a policy that deals with what happens when there is a service provider who no longer is able to provide a service to them because of some failure or because they've just collapsed or just because they want to transition to a new service provider. Most companies in 2022 will have a cybersecurity policy. Most applicants in 2022 will have an idea of how they're going to custody, if that's a part of the platform, their users' assets, how they're going to, who's going to have access to the accounts, how many people, is it a pool of people, what number of people, where do these people sit, who are going to be the key holders. That's all stuff that people are doing because that is what is necessary for a wallet. You need to have those people as as sort of, you know, you need to have those things in place. And so the application takes a longer time or the putting together of an application can take a longer time when it is putting all that detail and, and, and procedures and policies together. This is something that different companies at different stages of their maturity have in place. And so I would say that 99% of the people that we speak to have this stuff already. They are mature. They have the policies. They have the procedures they have it somewhere in their organization. We we had a recent conversation with a with a client actually where you and I sat across a table from them and said, "Do you have this kind of information?" and and the reply was, "Oh, of course we do." Um but we just didn't think that the BMA would want to see that. Yeah. And we had a chuckle, didn't we? Because that's the information that they want to see. So again, you know, you need to give us 800,000 pages worth <laughs> yeah. of information when you do the application. That's that's not it. But if you have 800,000 pages worth of the application <laughs> documents, yeah. that's our job. Give <laughs> it, you know, send it over. We'll do that curating. We'll figure out what's relevant, what's not. But, you know, in terms of the kind of, if you want to take the shotgun approach and make it our problem, we're happy to do it. Yeah, so the business plan in a, in a you know, summary of that is the business plan is important. So once we put together the business plan and all the supporting documentation, it then progresses to making an application. Now, surrounding that application is uh, things such as the head office requirement. What is it? mean to have a head office in Bermuda that's something that we can discuss there is a policy there is regulation there are things that cover that there are a number of uh, things that the application will include and that the business plan will cover one of them also that uh, one of the items that every application has to touch on is the plan for staffing in Bermuda now, there is a head office requirement in Bermuda. Uh, there's a regulation that covers that, whether or not the company is going to have an independent director or, you know, meetings in Bermuda. There needs to be a representative that is senior in Bermuda, and there needs to be at least a staff of one. Now, nature, scale, and complexity come into play here. If you're running a billion-dollar business through Bermuda, 
that's not going to make sense. Yeah. Uh, so the number of staff you need to have in Bermuda is going to be based on your org- organization size and, and your ramp up, as it were. The great thing is that the gov- Bermuda government, because they've embraced this, they have said that anyone who gets a license in Bermuda automatically gets five work permits, which they can use to give to an organization. If they're hiring someone new to come to Bermuda, or if there are existing people here or existing people in the organization, then they can have use of that. Just to just to touch on what you mentioned to Jerome on on nature scale and complexity, I think it's it's also important just to to note that there isn't a um, there isn't a tick box exercise. It's not a necessarily black and white. Yes, you hit the the head office requirement, right? It, the the requirement is that you need to be able to show that the that the business is directed and managed from Bermuda, and what that means does depend on the the nature, scale, and complexity of the business itself. But obviously, we are very happy to help you unpack that and um, make sure that you you meet that requirement. Yeah. So, I think what we wanted you to take away from this discussion is that. There is an application process. There are forms. There are requirements. There is a sort of checklist of things to do, and we have a number of checklists that cover these different items. But overarchingly, the linchpin of an application is going to be the business plan, setting out what your goals and aims are, what license you want to get, why, and basically just explaining to the regulators. And I think that clients that are successful in this space are those who are best able to articulate in clear terms what it is they want, why it is they want it, and basically, you know, that Bermuda is the place for them. And if you are someone who's looking at Bermuda, is considering Bermuda, and you have questions about the application process, please feel free to contact me or Carl. We'd be happy to sit down and have a more in-depth and more structured conversation with you. We're just really giving you the uh, nuts and bolts of the situation in a sort of a scaled down version as, as we can. But it's really something that we can help you with. And we look forward to hearing from you. We look forward to helping you, those of you who are interested and want to make a license application in Bermuda. So until then, Carl. Thanks, Rome. It was great chatting to you. It's great talking to you as well. Cheers. Cheers.